Welcome to Church is Cancelled. I'm your co-host, Brett, and today I am joined by the Spa Investor. Hello, Spa Investor. I am number one Spa Investor. Uh, also known as Danny. How you That's doing right. Today? Um, today we are going to be talking about a very... So this is where our podcast starts taking a turn into the... Like it was kind of light and breezy <sighs> and fun... And now some of these scandals that we're going to get into um, start reaching into the territory of, ugh. Yeah. Ah, that's a, ugh. It gets um, a little dark. Yeah. And, and a little it, gross, which is it, where we just really thrive, thrive. personally. Yeah. yeah. Yes, two, it's two, yes, two people. This is where um, we're going to make some, I have some very dark humor, uh, obviously. So today we are talking about Ravi Zacharias. Um, he was a uh, Indo-Canadian apologist. Now, Brett, can you give me an explanation of what apologetics is? And then I want to—I have an anecdote, but I think first uh, maybe you want to give us your um, cliche of the week. Yeah, I'm gonna—I'm gonna share a cliche of the week before I give you that definition. The cliche okay. of the week, Christian cliche of the week. Yeah. You know, we've entered the month of December. Yes. As evidenced by my personalized stocking yeah. on the the wall in my uh brazil uh soccer jersey to support them in the world cup we've entered the month of december so now is the time of year when you're going to start to hear christians say we know the real reason for the season that's right it's the not the real reason for the season it's not about presence spa right. investor that's right okay? it's not about it's christmas about, trees it's not about lights it's about toyota thought <laughs> or Honda days. I don't know. It depends on your denomination and theology. <laughs> the real reason for the season, uh, this one, I just think is funny when Christians say it because they're they're saying, "Oh, we know Jesus. Yeah, Jesus is the real reason Correct. for the season." Yeah, and they have absolutely no knowledge uh, that Jesus was likely born sometime in the springtime, not at all in the winter. Uh, this is clearly evidenced by uh, by some things that were going on uh, in the Bible. Yeah, I, I disagree. I think, I think there are secular um, secular academics who would actually say it's very possible that the the Christ was born in in the uh, in the latter months of the year. But it doesn't matter. Here's what I love about this time of year, though, right? And this is what Christians need to get back to. This is winter solstice, and it's right common understanding amongst That's Christians how it all started. That um, you know, we we took what was a pagan tradition, the tree, and you know, Easter, the the eggs and the rabbits and all that stuff. And we just took them and we adopted them and said, these are ours now. Yeah, and that's how, <laughs> and that's how I believe Christians should operate in every sector of society. Like, I was, I wasn't kidding in the next, in the coming years, Christians should be like, no, no, no. Toyota thons ours now. <laughs> right. We invented that. That's ours. Right. In the Bible, it speaks of, it speaks of one accord, Honda accord. <laughs> that's, that's ours. Ah, yes. Yeah. A message. Uh, um, you know, Toyota has recently brought back a famed nameplate, the crown, right? So uh, crown of thorns, Jesus, it's all ours. All of this is ours now. That's all I'm saying. Okay. That's how you dominate a culture. You say, this is ours, right? Um, twerking ours. <laughs> yeah. We definitely do need to take twerking. Yeah. That, that yeah. needs to happen. Uh, but yeah, the reason for the season that, that one bothers me. That one gets me. The real reason for the season should be that we just take everything over. That's but here's the thing, for that reason, I enjoy that phrase because the reason for the season, Christians were going to appropriate. It doesn't matter what. Oh, you have the Hindu holiday festival of lights. That's ours now. Because <laughs> in because in, in the Old Testament it says God created heavens and the earth. It says He created light festival of lights. That's ours, <laughs> right? Oh, it's good. Ramadan, it's going to be ours too. Soon. <laughs> We're going to take it all. We're yeah. going to take it all. 
Right. Uh, that's our cliche for the week. Uh, so right. back to what we're talking about, Robbie Zacharias. So right. he was an yeah. apologist. An apologist is an individual who seeks to use reason uh, and critical thinking to and, and logic to prove their their faith, their belief. Uh, doesn't they don't have to be Christian? There are Muslim apologists. There are even atheist apologists. Uh, it's just someone who tries to give evidence to support their religion or their set of beliefs. So Ravi Zacharias is a pretty well-known, extremely well-known apologist. Right. Uh, he would put forth logical arguments for belief in the Christian faith. He would debate atheists, uh, all that sort of thing. So this one, uh, hearing about this, this scandal affected me somewhat personally because apologetics helped me when I was in a darker time and tr possibly giving up on the faith altogether. Really? It was a, apologetics that helped me to see that I could not deny the existence okay. of a God. Uh, I didn't really, Ravi was never really one of my go-to guys. I kind of would encounter him here and there. Uh, William Lane Craig was one of the, the, the main guys I always uh, listened to. Um, there That's was, a heck uh, of a name, William Lane Craig. Oh yeah, three first yeah. names. That's a uh, that's not a good sign. Uh, and actually, we'll get to later. William Lane Craig is one of the apologists who stepped forward and signed a, a statement asking specific members of the Robbie Zacharias International Ministries team to formally repent and apologize for not addressing better what they may or may not have even known was going on with Robbie, right. which was what, Danny? What was he doing? Well, a um, little anecdote, you know, uh, in, in, in Indian tradition, you know, I referred to him as uh, Ravi Uncle. The name comes first, then the title. Mm. Um, and I was visiting him once in uh, Atlanta, and um, he earlier in the day he had said today you're going to become a man and i didn't really i was i was 14 at the time i didn't quite understand that and he took me over to his um touch of eden's uh spa i and, love that it was named the touch of eden too like yeah, this guy yeah um and he you know <clears throat> his uh masseuses all lined up and mm -hmm. he said pick one they all cost the same <laughs> uh that, of course, never happened, and I don't know Ravi Zacharias. I never knew him, and he's not my uncle. But um, <laughs> I'm just trying to inject a little bit of levity into what is a very dark thing. Um, so um, Frederick Antony Ravi Kumar Zacharias. I've never seen a more Hispanic-sounding Indian name in my life. <laughs> yeah, There's too many names, bro, but he cut himself down to Ravi Zacharias, which is interesting, but... Um, he, there's several accusations here and, um, an internal investigation suggests that these accusations are credible and their accusations are that he was, um, using women at his, uh, f at these various facilities that he owned spas, massage places, um, for, uh, tickle party favors. <laughs> and, um, also the part of, of the story that where I go, um, Okay, that's not that. I mean, it's all, it's not good. Um, but then he was also paying for tuition and um, housing for women oh. in foreign countries where he was using ministry funds and mm -hmm. ministry resources to buy them homes and to basically keep them. He was helping them. He was doing well, ministry. Well, he was. Somebody was ministering to somebody. I don't know how one would quantify what's happening. But, um, and that, that part of it to me is devious enough that I kind of like, I, I like, if you just kind of can forget that there's a victim here, um, I go, oh, I like that he used ministry money to like buy at, like buy real estate. I think that's cool. I think that part was cool. Like bought, bought foreign real estate, but. Um, he was a spa investor, you know? He was yeah, investor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then there's the, so the, I don't want to forget this. I'm just going to say it now. Um, the, the part of it that made me go, oh, that's gross, is not even any of this stuff, okay? 
it's that he would pray with some of these women afterwards. And he would say, and, you know, this is their account of events. I don't know if it's true or not, but I'm just assuming it is. Um, uh, particularly the young lady, there was a young lady in Thailand who he was putting through college, like nursing school or something. And um, he would visit Thailand and she would perform acts on him that he requested or what have you. Services. Services. And he would pray with her and say, you know, this is God rewarding me for a uh, life of service. And he would pray with them. And it was that, that part to me is like, listen, if you want to be a sexual deviant, I have less judgment on you than when you're a sexual deviant. And then on top of that, you try to spiritualize your, like, dude, if you're just a horny guy, just be like, I'm a horny old man, touch my pee pee. Right. That that's less offensive to me than being like, no, this is God rewarding me. Like, listen, I I think that's going to offend God in so many more ways than just being like, yeah, I'm a horny guy. What do you want me to like? Um, and this is, and I'll say this much about what, in regards to, you know, kind of rewinding here a bit, but in, in regards to um, apologetics. If, <laughs> I kind of don't care for it. And the reason I would say that is, I shouldn't say I don't care for it. I don't think it serves the purpose apologists believe it serves. And the reason I would say why that, not? <laughs> here's why. When I've seen people who have had a radical conversion to the Christian faith, it has rarely been the academic arguments for Christ. And I think once you become a Christian, I think those little building blocks help you build faith and it helps you adopt it as real. Um, But I don't think that it is the point of conversion for most people. However, I think it is used. Apologetics is used by, um, uh, you know, seminary hopefuls you know, 19-year-old undergrad seminary hopeful neckbeards who just want to defeat people in internet arguments or the effect of that, whatever, I mean, the effective version of that in real life is like, I just want to say, I, I want to prove you right. I want to have a cudgel to bash you over the head. And the reality is, um, you know, I've watched one particular case I'm thinking of, um, you know, a friend who uh, we used to watch MMA fights with. Um mm-hmm. Watching him come to faith was simply uh, a process of another friend of ours just being his life and loving him and not having an agenda. And I think apologetics has an agenda. I think it has a place, but I think when apologetics is the, the wrong way to use apologetics is to try and get people to convert because there's this intellectual argument. Um, whereas I think that what people really need is people who love them without an agenda and if you love people with the agenda of trying to get them to convert, you'll not only rage quit on the conversion, you'll just not be a good friend to them. And then they're going to be like, so this guy was only here to try to get me to convert to his weird deal. And then I didn't do it. And then he's gone. So I, I see what you're saying. I think, yeah. I think apologetics is useful. Like you said, as a strengthening tool for people who already believe, but I think it may be uh, a good way to convert certain people. I don't know that, like, the way that I always thought of it was, like, atheists. Yeah. We're not going to convert atheists by having them read the Bible, because they don't want to. Well, it's not just that. They don't believe that anything in there is real or that it matters, right? So you're not going to be able to use arguments. You're not going to be able to use any evidence from the Bible. So to me, it's always been useful to say, well, wow, why does this even make sense if you take away the scripture you take away the text that you would normally use to support it say well what uh, logical argument do you have to support why you believe what you believe and that's where i think apologetics comes in so if you have people who are all the show me the science show me the evidence Mm. there's straight up atheists i just want to know the facts right you're like here they are and the facts are stronger than what their facts were that's i think that's valuable I, yeah, I'm not saying it's invaluable, but like I was saying, I just feel like my view of it is that we use it as this cudgel, as this as a as a bat 
it's this baseball bat to beat people down. I'm like, these see, these are the facts. Sure. It's like, I don't know that, you know, uh, what's that saying? Uh, not Malcolm Gladwell. I forget who it is. Uh, people don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. I know we yeah, already had our cliche. Gonna, we yeah, already had our cliche. That's going to be my next cliche. <laughs> yeah. Oopsie. Well, we'll put that in later. I mean, we'll discuss that, but, um, we're, so when it comes to Ravi Zacharias, I think what happened it, for me and the reason I always never liked him was it was always like, how do I say this? Uh, really, really sweet uh, girls, white girls, mostly like, oh my goodness, I'm sure you love Ravi Zacharias. I'm like, no, I can't ah. say that. Um, so he's, and I never found him to be a particularly like, I think that he had the, uh, like the way he talked, he had a sense of pacing that I found irritating. Like just get to your point. Like there's yeah, a lot of nonsense. Would. Like there's just, you know, that's every apologist that I can and probably why I don't like them a lot, but I mean, just saying like, I found that irritating, but um, so what is, there's a, there's something that I, there's a little light here that I, I think is on the darkness, which is he had an acolyte or, you know, a kid who kind of came up under him named Nabil Qureshi. Nabil Qureshi was a um, physician, Pakistani born, um, devout Muslim family. And he just through conversation with a friend from college became a Christian and became an apologist. And he was a very effective apologist to the Muslim community um, because he himself was a former Muslim and he was able sure. to point out, uh, you know, I, he does that great. Unfortunately, he passed away in 2017 from stomach cancer um, and all of uh, Ravi's misdeeds came to light three years later and the silver the, the silver lining in my view was he didn't have to watch this right like yeah, yeah. <clears throat> because he probably at least at the very least becoming a christian to you know as a pakistani from a devout muslim family i can't imagine it makes strengthens your relationship with your parents my assumption yeah. is it's going to make it worse right yeah um, or just terminate it yeah and I, you know and that he um, was able to find an uncle in many ways of someone whose culture was similar enough and understood what he was going to go through. And, you know, he, I know that he referred to him as his uncle. And um, I thought it was just, it sucks that he got stomach cancer and died. I'm not saying that's good. I'm just saying, thank goodness. he Because I don't know about you, but if that's everything that I had gone through, and then the guy that I looked up to turned out to be a complete scumbag, I would be like, uh-oh. Like, and then how do you, yeah. cause how do you go back to your family? Like, and then be like, yeah, sorry, I guess he, yeah. right. Cause it's like, if some Islamic oh, like, took on a 10, 10 year old, you know, wife, it's not like that. That's not a problem for them, but this is weird. You it's know? hard. It's hard, but it's, it doesn't, I don't think it invalidates just like all these other scandals you've looked at. Right. Does it completely invalidate the work that he'd done and no. the lives that he affected? I, I don't think so. Um, Back to his, more on the scandal, though. Right, right, right. To get more down into the darkness. Uh, so there, the, the way this all started is there was, a, I think there's one, one woman, one massage yeah. therapist who came forward after he passed away because she was like, wait, no one. She thought other people had just like come forward and said something and no one did. So she got a, a lawyer uh, who is an atheist lawyer. I think it's important to point that out. Right. Um, and they had over 50 witnesses, I guess, step Oopsie. forward to corroborate some of these allegations. Oopsie some of the allegations are that he touched these massage therapists without yeah. consent. Right. He would ask for sexual favors. Correct. He would thwack it in front of them <laughs> and ask for nudes. Yeah. Um, they so found he did over 200 contacts in his mobile devices for massage right. therapists. So he would do a, um, he would do a Louis C.K. and a John Crest. He, he would did both. <laughs> he did both of those. That's an oops he right there, my boy. Um, he, uh, yeah. Over two hundred contacts. Yeah. To me, this this signal that level of excess yeah. signals a deeper issue. Right. Um, that I think, especially at that level of authority and leadership in the church. Well, I mean, they, I wouldn't. They, I wouldn't say he's a. He's not a. He's not a leader in the church. He's a leader in parachurch, to be more specific. Parachurch, para sure. 
Right. He, not not a not with any specific institution. He had his own ministry, but right. Um, that level of influence, you, I think you have people who feel like they can't reach out for help. Like this guy just needed to be going to like meetings or something. He needed to have a therapist. He needed to be working this out. That two hundred different massage therapists. You're flying all over the world to get it yanked. Yeah, you need to you need to do something about this. That's just the <laughs> right. level of. Well, and then the the uh, the atheist attorney self published a book, and in it he dove deeper into Mr. Zacharias, and it turns out that he had lied several times about his credentials, yeah. about having PhDs, PhDs he didn't have, and um, that's no good. Don't do that. Um, it's not well, that he hard. Had, it's true and not true that that allegation because he had honorary degrees honorary phds that, that uh, listen it's not the same thing it's but, not the same thing as having earned a phd in something um as someone who has a doctorate in americology <laughs> um a, a field of study that i pioneered i'm offended yeah. Um, and it's true that, you know, no institution recognizes my work that is neither here nor there. I've done the work. And so I find it offensive when people like Ravi Zacharias, uh, pretend to have credentials they don't have. Uh, I worked hard to fake these credentials. Okay. Um, I've written not one, not two, but yeah. three books and have another one on the way. Where can you uh, find those books? If you're interested, uh, you can go to throwmolotov.com. Um, <laughs> most of them are up there and they're also on Amazon. You can just uh, look up Dr. Dan, uh, Dr. D Bombay, uh, um, ending fat phobia, ending hate speech, ending toxic masculinity are the three that are out right now. And we have wow. a forthcoming uh, one as well. Might be out by the time wow. this is out. Well, everything is fake. Um, <laughs> yeah, these are, I mean, this is uh, my life's work here in, in many ways, but no, getting back to this, this, Oof. this thing was like, you know, um, I wonder how much of this, and I, this is this is this is a phenomenon I've witnessed, or I've 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 uh, uh, recognized, not just in Christian apologetics or church or ministry. It's across the board. Is how many people are able to rise to extraordinary levels based on nothing, and it, it, it we know Mark some Driscoll. Of like, Mark Driscoll. For well, example, Mark, one Mark we already Driscoll, covered. Mark Driscoll has a deep understanding of the Bible. I might not agree with it, but he has a deep understanding of the Bible, right? But no, like no formal training. Of course, I didn't go to seminary. He didn't have a Bible degree from a university. I don't think. No, I don't think so. And that to me is irrelevant. But what I mean is, like, for, you know, this has nothing to do with church or anything. But you know, recently there was the you know um, FTX scandal, yeah. which is a, a financial scandal. But uh, but the reason I, I bring that up or is. There are people out there building things on, they're building houses on sand, sand. And, they're getting, and they're getting away with it. And to me, as someone who wants to build but things. But the waves and, always come, spot investor. They it, always come to wash so away that foundation of sand. Yeah. And that is, that is something to me that when I, when, there's a particular uh, entrepreneur you and I know right and yes yes yeah. you know we, we yeah and He's um, built his life on an, a beach of sand yeah and but i find it fascinating <laughs> i find it fascinating to watch He's, you know, uh, to see this kind of thing but what i find fascinating about this particular case is that he got to die before any of this before he had to face the music like he was in his 70s do did you do you do, happen to know you... what he passed from uh, no, I don't. Okay. Um, his wife said he was on a lot of medication and was having hallucin hallucinations and things. Um, well, does I mean, it make it better or worse that he never like confessed to anything? Mm. Like, don't you think about like what kind of individual, especially a, a pastor or a, someone in ministry, right, does bad things allegedly? Allegedly, but it seems this is pretty credible. Seems like this stuff happened. Well, well let's put it and this way. And then doesn't Arzim... doesn't admit. Like we we've got uh, coming out as we record this today, the Ted Haggard one. Yeah. Ted Haggard admitted to the stuff that he did. Ted, Ted Haggard admitted to the stuff he did, like after saying it never happened. This guy's well, out of his mind. But he but the point is, at some point, he took responsibility. At some point, Robbie yeah. lived his whole life 
never said that he was doing any of this stuff. Right. You you pass away in the Christian faith. You kind of believe you're going to have to give an account for what you've done. Imagine being someone who started a massive ministry like that. Well, how's that conversation going to go? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, God, I did like millions of people, though. Right. They're on the team because of me. I know I was getting getting the handies here and there. But right. uh, yeah, that that is a interesting conversation. And this is where I think like authenticity matters. Um, this is where I think like being truthful and straightforward about whatever it is you're quote unquote struggling with. <laughs> but true. I, I think that struggle. because and we, we all have things that where we all have issues where we fall short of God's highest plan for us. And is, and I think that if we can just have some honesty and to me, it's like, I don't know that you need to necessarily be public with it unless you have a public ministry. And in which case I think you might have to be, yeah. I think the fact that he got away scot-free, like without having to face the music, but then his daughter who runs the ministry or, you know, had to shut it down. Rebranded. She rebranded it, but it's, I don't think it's ever going to be what it was before because <laughs> she rebranded it and called it encounter. Oh God, I love it. Yeah. The touch of Eden. We're getting rebranded to encounter. Yeah. Imagine all how all those women who had all those in encounters feel. Encounter, touch of Eden. <laughs> Our new ministry lets you encounter the touch of Eden. Jeez, <laughs> uh, I think this is maybe a good point to uh, introduce our sponsor for this episode. Oh my goodness. I, you know, we have been blessed over here at Churches Canceled. Always are. That, you know, and with our uh, partner, Allpod Media, our, produ our production partner, that, you know, they're able to bring us such amazing sponsors today. Wow. This is, this is real special. Gift of Gold. Wow. Our sponsor for today is a unique gold gifting business opportunity that gives you the ability to earn real gold simply by giving gold. I don't know what is more Christian than giving gold. Um, this is God's money. This is how people in the gold industry refer to gold. It's God's money because God yeah. made gold. This is an incredible business that includes an industry disrupting pass up affiliate sales model. You can build wealth just uh -huh. by giving gold with gift of gold. Now, if you, you give join... the gold with gift of gold, what's that? You, where do you get the gold from <laughs> to give the gold gift of gold? Where? You have to buy the gold to give the gold? That's correct. <laughs> and then someone else gives you gold. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It's a gold gifting affiliate program. Now, um, Brett, stop yeah. saying chat that this is a Ponzi scheme and we should do <laughs> that because they're paying us money. Is it shaped like this? <laughs> <laughs> is the that is their industry disrupting pass-up affiliate sales model, okay? Shaped like a triangle. Okay. Yes, maybe, maybe not. Um, you can go to Gift of Gold today, and when you get started uh, by using um, promo code CANCELLED, you get 10% um, off the in initial affiliate program cost, which is $100,000. <laughs> so um, don't worry. They're going to help you get credit and do all that sort of stuff to, to get going. But this is it's a, all financed through FTX. So that's correct, <laughs> <it's, it's laughs> no, actually. No I don't know why you uh, said that like it's a joke. Um, just because FTX is in receivership at this time doesn't mean that it doesn't work. But that is our, uh, our, um, our sponsor for today. I think it's incredible. Awesome. Really blessed to have Gift of Gold. That's right. Oh, I just got a text message from them. Uh, it is no longer giftofgold.com. They are now giftofgold.ru. So you have to go to giftofgold.ru. <laughs> yeah, they had apparently some issues with their servers. So uh, giftofgold.ru. You got that text in Cyrillic. <laughs> yeah, it was in Cyrillic. <laughs> We're from Minnesota. There's lots of Russians. So uh, I yeah, yeah, yeah. It's completely and... understandable and explainable. Absolutely. Um, 
Uh, Danny, I just want to comment. I was, I did the math there quick in my head, which took several minutes. Yeah. Um, what, what a, what a blessing, as we said, to have gift of gold as a sponsor, uh, the 10% off discount of the hundred thousand dollar, which is not even that big of a startup fee for no. gifting gold 10% off. That's $10,000. That's a deep discount. I don't know of any other place you could find a discount that. Nope. I mean, we literally are putting $10,000 in your pocket. Basically, if you look at it from a perspective, that's conducive to that conclusion. So, um, like I said, a blessing. I would agree. Uh, I don't have too much more to say about Robbie. Uh, There was one thing we we didn't cover yet. Um, His lawsuit relationship with this woman, Lori Ann Thompson, this Canadian woman who he supposedly met her and her husband at a conference or something. Conference they did. And um, they got involved in a sexting type relationship right where he would ask for photos and there was phone sex and all which all this can, you know, can i just interject something here yeah. um i consider myself a prolifically heterosexual individual yeah. I, I don't get it can someone explain this like what is the point of getting sex. on the phone like i don't i don't get it like there's better He's things never there's been in a long distance relationship okay well, I've never been in any relationship that lasts more than two months. Um, but I'm just saying that what I don't understand is, hey, buddy, there you can. He has plenty. He had plenty of money. You can just go buy a separate phone, a separate device. And he had multiple. With, yeah, I'm just. He did. He did. One of the okay. articles I was reading specifically said that he would get additional cell phones that he would not bill under his ministries. Uh, okay. Yeah. Budget. See, yeah. Indian, so, Indian, Indian smarts there. Right. Um, I'm just saying there is plentiful. This is a problem for our society, but this is just a, a reality. There's plenty of free smut on the internet. Yes. You don't. I don't understand the. What's interesting about here's a married woman or a woman that you know it personally, where you could. Like, what's the point of seeing uh, what's the point of seeing her nipple when you can just go see any old nipple on the Internet and set, gratify yourself that way? Whereas why involve this person? What's like if they just found out that he was a dirty old man with a with an iPhone full of porno? No, like it's it's sad. It's still a, a problem. We're still going to have the conversation about it. But I think it's less of an issue if it's like, here's a married woman and you pressured her to send nudes to him, which I. I don't, That's that, what she says. Yeah, and she in the, says that he she was pressured, and she's of course now the victim. Even though yeah. what she was doing, and she was married to a yeah. guy who was also yeah. Christian, so she's cheating on her husband. Yeah, that's um, fine. I think he's the ultimate victim here, everyone. That's, but that's of course, she says true. she's the victim. Uh, and they came out and they they sued Robbie's uh, ministry. Yeah, they were trying to get like five million out of them originally, I think they settled for 250,000 because he countersued. Can I tell you something? How much, how pissed are you if you're that husband? Like my wife's nips are worth 5 million. They're worth 250. Come on. Like that's a bummer, right? That is, that is pretty upsetting, but I also saw his wife. So I think they did well for themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I don't, yeah, like uh, that one, and it appears there's another one of that similar situation where um, Ravi got a woman to send inappropriate phone, and that was another. But it turns out that, you know, as in the course of the investigation, um, because Arzim brought in a outside firm to investigate. Arzim is the name of his ministry. Yeah, Ravi Zechariah's um, international ministry. Um at this point, do we have to say international anymore? Isn't no. everything? I mean, isn't yes? It's all international. Like, why are we saying this? But um, uh, what I found perplexing—not uh, perplexing, but like they—again, this is now becoming a theme in our podcast. Guys getting other people to sign 
NDAs, like non-disclosure yes. agreements, which again, I'm just going to continue to point this out because every time this comes up, I have to point this out. It's literally in the Bible, Robbie. Okay. It's literally in the Bible, Ted. It's literally in the Bible, Mark. Everything you do in the darkness comes to the light. Okay. Which is yep. why I'm constantly hedging with friends and family. Like I'm trying to tell you, I am the guy you think I am. I'm also a scumbag. It's going to come out at some point. Okay. I'm not going to be everyone the one thinks you're a scumbag. Anyways, everyone knows you are what you say you are. Yeah. But I'm so I'm just saying that um, I'm not going to be the person to, 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 to open that, to open those floodgates, but I'm just assuming it's going to happen. Right. And uh, I don't know if by saying it's going to happen, I've now hedged. It's kind of like the Bible tells us no one knows when the Christ will return. So if we just keep setting dates, he's not returning on those dates. You know what I'm saying? Like we create a. He's coming today. He's coming today, everyone. He's coming today. That's and I'm just saying like there's a handful of things I'd like to accomplish before he arrives. So if we could avoid that scenario, um, I'd still like to become a crypto billionaire, uh, even if it's for a short period of time. Um, so uh, nonetheless, what I'm driving at is this all comes to the light. Who are you fooling? Like you can't watch all of these. I mean, fine. He's a little older, but he saw Jim Baker go down. He saw Jimmy Swaggart go down. Right. So why do you think that you would be the arrogance it takes to believe you're going to be the exception? That is some Joel Osteen stuff, right? As there. far as he knows, though, I mean, he died before any of this came out. So, as far as he True. knows, he got away with it. Well, I, let me ask you this question. This is a spiritual question. Do you think, on the other side, whatever is on the other side of death before Christ returns, does he know? Does he know this? Like it all blew up in his face on the way out? Who knows? Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, to, I'm still pondering your question, you know, from before, which was, is it worse that he kind of got off scot-free? And I'm starting to think, nah, I mean, it, here's why. At least his wife, at least his daughter, at least the people around him didn't have to deal with him denying allegations and pretending like, because on some level, he's a guy of a certain amount of authority. They don't have to pretend to his face that he's not a scumbag. Sure. They can just be like, yeah, I mean, but, how but much I do want to note, I want to note that his wife defends him yeah. to this day. Correct. Uh, that was one thing I thought was interesting. None of the articles uh, had any comment on what she had. It wasn't, I found something later in like 2021 where yeah. she was saying that it wouldn't even be possible for him to do any of these things. She never even saw a, a whit of evidence that any of this would have or could have occurred. I don't yeah. think that's that's interesting. You know, what does she have to gain by defending him if it's all true at this point in time? Yeah, uh, that is interesting, and, and I mean, in many ways, for people who are in a traditional marriage, you know, like they had what would, from the outward, seem like a traditional marriage. You didn't have a job or a career outside of the home. Your husband's legacy is your legacy, right? And so. She's trying not to, and maybe, hey, it's just she genuinely loved the man and he was nothing but good to her. And maybe the reason, and this is going to come up in an episode later that we're going to do, maybe the reason he was able to be so good and kind and, and, and took care of her in whatever way he did was because he was doing all the weird stuff on the outside. Like, you know, he was getting the other needs met outside of the home. And that's kind of what created a balance for them. You know, even though that sounds wacky, I think that's probably possible. I you know? maybe I uh, I have a I want to tell you what I think the worst part of it is to me. Okay. Uh, you already talked about what you thought the worst part was is the kind of the the spiritual abuse of it, where he's yeah. exposing himself to these women and then saying you can't tell anyone because then all the souls I've helped save will be lost to hell or whatever he was saying to or, manipulate or that, them or that Davis woman i think it's davis or whatever that that the the woman that settled out of court for 250k mm -hmm. thompson yeah thompson. said um he apparently said i'm going to unalive myself if you tell yeah. people he did like, that's manipulative yeah. bro like that's why i'm just again i'm not condoning this behavior i'm just saying if you just use the internet smut you don't have to abuse and manipulate people 
it's a parasocial relationship. They don't know that you're watching. I think the worst uh, part of all of this is the element of trafficking. There were allegations, uh, right? So it's one thing to get a handy when you're not supposed to get a handy. That's one thing. Not supposed. (laughs) Let's not let's not start throwing. When you're married and you're Christian, you're not supposed to get a handy from anybody other than the wife. He's out here getting paid for handies, supposedly. That actually that's never an allegation, but I'm just like, I know how things work in this realm. We know what was happening. Okay, let me just again, you're gonna continue. I just want to interject this one, just one word, concubine. Continue. (laughs) So so um it's one thing to have inappropriate touching. It's another thing to have the, the types of allegations that were being made. There were some who said they knew uh, they would see coming in and out of his parlors women from overseas, mm. from Thailand and India and different places, and they kind of were there for a little bit and then not. And not really sure what their status was or what was going on. It was known mm. that he had, he owned, what did he own? He owned a couple properties or maybe even massage places in Thailand. And he owned something there. I'm not but sure I if it was just ministry, real estate where he stayed or. I, yeah, I think the ministry owned homes in Thailand is yeah. what I understood. He went there a lot. Yeah. We all know what happens in Thailand. We know that right. the, the, the tickle party industry is right. far less regulated. There's a lot more things that can happen. And um, I mean, so I, I, but I we also, the, I think we the know, official, the official definitely like in Thailand, se- um, sex work and uh, sex tourism is illegal, but it, it, that's what I understand anyway. But it's also a huge part of their economy. So they just look the other way. So that's what I understand. So, but we also know that the women who participate in these sorts of jobs are often there against their own will for whatever reason. I I think it's fair to assume along the way he probably encountered a woman who uh, had been there against her will, had been trafficked, um, or was doing it to feed a, a habit of some sort. Who knows? This is all conjecture on my part, but I don't think, I think that I'm like within the realm of being probably 80% or more correct that at some point in time this happened. And then further to say that like he, he would pay for their housing and education and then say, if you don't give me this, you don't get funding. That's, that is trafficking. Like that's. Well, so my definition. You're paying for it. Yeah, my definition of trafficking is a very strict definition. Well, that, that's not was, trafficking. That's, that's that's paying for sex. But yeah, but um, you know, I mean, okay, if that's paying, aren't we all paying in some way or form? Well, yes, of course. We okay, are. different so, conversation. I mean, yeah, um, that's episode nine. Uh, <laughs> but um, it, no, but uh, you know, I, I would say like trafficking, like if he moved people from one place to another. Right. If he moved women from one country to another, or, or just even one... went to another country and paid for services to someone who was moving women around, yeah, that is, or that is a problem. Them. Yeah, that is a problem. Participating, yeah, and that is a contributing to the to the problem. Now they may be again conjecture on your on a, on our part. Hey, it might just be as simple as you're in a you're in a country with little to no economic mobility little to no economic diversity so it's difficult you know you don't have a ton of skills to offer people you have no way to build those skills and you know it doesn't listen you don't have to be forced into it necessarily at the point of a a fire like a gun to your head to go well i was like you know i can i can work in a nike factory for two dollars an hour or i can give Rabbi Zacharias a handy and he's going to give my family a house and he shows up every six months and all I got to do is say a weird prayer with him and you know give him a handy and we're all good so like you start doing the math in your head and you start going well I guess I'm just 
yanking this old Indian dude off. And, uh, you know, but isn't that, I mean, is that, uh, I mean, let's be realistic. That's kind of where, you know, and I had a friend uh, who was a minister, uh, you know, he was uh, doing uh, ministry overseas and he was in Cambodia and um, he's a more, probably someone with more progressive sensibilities and he said, somebody in the United States, there was a group of kids complaining at a university about a Nike factory. Mm-hmm. So Nike closed the factory and moved it. And what happened to the women who worked in the Cambodian Nike factory? Well, they turned to prostitution because that was the only other skill that they could have to offer. And yes, working conditions weren't ideal. And But the reality was Nike was giving them dormitories to live in yes five to a room sharing a bathroom all of that stuff none of that none of that meets with the western standard of living but right. in cambodia but maybe better than having to sell your body probably gonna go with it's a little better than pitching a tent around the factory which he said was the case some of the women would live in tents near the factory or near uh you know they would live in tents and they were providing their body is and not, 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 not at numbers that you would go like, not, these aren't bad baby on only fans numbers. Okay. These right. are not. And it, it, so when we put things in, when we compare something to something, if we say the conditions are bad, you know, for this, for this Thai woman, the conditions are poor that she is having to do this to Ravi Zacharias so that she has a place to live it sucks. But the alternative I mean, this is not to excuse his behavior at all, but I mean, you got a nursing degree, you got a place to live for a couple of years, your family ate well. Yeah, so you touched an old man. And, uh, um, that that's the worst part. I mean, yeah, is is the element that in somewhere along the lines, it did, it's likely he probably participated in trafficking, which I think is like we we talked about trafficking before, whether he actually trafficked people or he just paid. Yeah. someone to get something that he supported it financially without probably without knowing yeah um i think is is bad we talked about the war we don't think there's anybody out there even the traffickers who are going yeah what i'm doing is morally right yeah this is good nobody um, so and i consider that's myself the most to, detestable part yeah like i consider myself to be someone who can emotionally detach from a situation and look at it objectively from a purely economic standpoint. And I still don't see a situation where I'm slamming the door on a cargo ship, you know, on a, a cargo container on a cargo ship full of people yeah. going, yeah, this is fine. Right. Like, um, I don't, I mean, like that's, that's a, like, you know, I don't think anybody's doing that as it thinks it's cool. <laughs> I, I, I do have a question though. I have a question. Yeah. So this, um, this exact situation guy liking to go to places to get massages and get touched inappropriately flying overseas to do it. This actually happened to someone, uh, that I met personally and knew, uh, involved in ministry in Minnesota. I'm not sure if you know, yep. I, I, I think you know this, yeah. you know, this person. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure if ever it came out publicly, but they, yeah. So we don't they, need to say had, their name or anything. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to, but they admitted to someone who I know personally, uh, what was going on. Um, with them now they were not married at the time for a portion of the time that this was happening they were single Mm. is it okay danny for a single man to go get massages that may end with that may end happily with uh yeah yeah um with his macaroni making some cheese is that gonna be okay (laughs) yeah um i cringed as i said that well i mean i think you had to say it though i think it was there um this is an interesting question i think this question we're gonna have an episode about men in church and you know that kind of thing um i'll I'll be pretty honest here and say that um you know if we look at god's design and god's plan for us i think we're well outside of that already as a society and a culture sure And I think that while it's imperfect and I think it's not cool, uh, I think that, you know, I I think the expectation that men, young men who are even married men for that matter, that are just, they're going to be perfectly celibate until marriage 
for, and I think there's now a statistic out there from 2019 that says um, women aged 25 to 45, uh, f- about half of them will be unmarried and childless by 2030, which mm. the inverse of that coin, the inverse of that statistic says, well, the men are also single too then, right? Right. Um, and I think the expectation that they're just going to hold it in or whatever, I think that's a silly expectation. And I think there's a certain aspect of it that goes, eh, do you really want to involve a woman where there's a relationship and now you're, and there's certain expectations of like, we're going to get married. Whereas if you just go to a place where it's a very transactional situation, we all know what we're doing here. You don't have to manipulate. You don't have to lie. Like I'm here for this thing. Mm-hmm. I go, yeah, that's, that's probably, listen, we're, we're creating a hierarchy of preferable scenarios of unpreferable. Like it's, this is unpreferred. This is suboptimal, mm-hmm. but is it better that you go to church, meet a girl, and you try to have a sexual relationship with her, or is it better that you go to a place and have a transaction with a woman who gratifies you? I'm going to go, that's the better choice because we're at least. My concern again would be, is that woman there under her own free will? Or what are the circumstances? Yeah. And that, you know, and this is again, going to be a very controversial statement to say on a podcast about church. Um, There is a reason I am pro the at least deregulating Mary Magdalene, the Mary Magdalene industry, because <laughs> the sex industry. Yeah, I just think that, like, listen, I'm not condoning any behavior. I am in favor of maintaining a biblical standard in this regard. You said but deregulating, I, but isn't the kind of the idea out there, at least the libertarian <laughs> idea, is you would uh, you would legalize a lot of the things that are illegal, but you would highly regulate them. To make sure that people are safe and healthy and there is consent, well, right? I, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about that because I, I would think that an app or something would come along like a Lyft or an Uber that commoditizes the service and creates standards where there's regular, you know, like hey, you're you're gonna get disabled on the app if you're not getting checked up regularly, if you're a user on the app and you abuse or something like that, you get downrated and no, you know, you, you, you know, you didn't get picked up that way. Uh, you know, and there's, in in other countries where it is legal, like Denmark, you know, they make it, they mean, listen, this is dark, but at the same time it's happening. Um, so my view is how do we reduce or completely eliminate unwilling participants? And that right. is, and, and, and again, this is dark and I don't agree with it, but I'm just saying it exists. We're human. I'm a man. Um, you know, if you look at OnlyFans, for instance, you know. Sure. Um, if you're a gal who thinks, like, I'm going to put my nipples on. If you're putting your feet on the Internet, I mean, no harm, no foul. My feet That's are all name. over the Internet. Yeah. Um, I have a four on WikiFeet, by the way. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh the fact that i know that is going to get this entire podcast canceled (laughs) the fact that i know that the website exists is going to get this whole thing canceled but i I think that you know there's um this is a very unsavory topic in the church or christian circles and that is that there's a certain amount of pragmatism i think like uh, let me just be honest if i had a son and i mean the thing that i would tell my son is that you should wait till you're married to be with a woman but at the same time if my son was out there being a dog i wouldn't be like "Mm, don't do that i'd just be like i wouldn't condone it but at the same time i'd be like well he's just doing what comes naturally to him and in biblical times these standards were you're gonna die when you're 35 the minute your your pecker starts getting some blood to go through it you're getting married off and starting a family and you know it's we just live in in a different time the standards still apply but yeah I think you I treat- think we have this damaging thing where if sex is only okay within a marriage yeah. and we have people who are not getting married in their 30s and even 40s we offer them nothing no practical sense of what to do with the sexuality that they have the yeah. church gives them no options no solutions nothing good and i think that's damaging i think that leads yeah. to positions with, where guys have 200 massage therapist contacts in their phone right because they they that that's what you do you go from this is hyper negative to this is i'm hyper into all these 
different damaging things. And I think that's the church has to step up and take accountability and, and give single people better options for their sexuality, better teaching, better care. Yeah. And I, like I, the, the problem I think that we're going to have with that is we get into this weird territory of we're now measuring something. What is less damaging? Not what is edifying to you, but what is less damaging? I think that becomes this really, I think people get like, cause you get, you have to have this weird, like, okay. Um, is it okay to look at bikini pics and yank it? Or is it better to have like only fan subscriptions and you're spending $150 a month and you're screwing up your brain's sexual chemistry, which is right. a real problem, which is right, like, right. which is really bad for you. And it's going to make it harder for you to actually get married and have a girlfriend and have a wife and have a normal relationship with that woman. Or is it simply better for you to go to a massage parlor? Or is it simply better for you to find a woman and say, yeah, we're going to like, we're, we're we aren't going to restrain ourselves so that we can at least have something that's natural and quote unquote healthy for you. Even if it's out of the context of the, the appropriate context of marriage, which I still hold that value. But at the same time, I'm, I'm like, let's, I'm not trying to be gross, but I'm just saying, let's be practical. You know, men are horny and there's no, like the- Women are this, too. Well, fine. Um, I, I, they are too. I'm not saying they're not. I'm just saying that the, that we're in a quandary of sorts. And I think that, you know, we have, I have an episode in our call sheet about this, so we'll probably dive deeper into it then, but I think we, as the church, I think it's better if we just do exactly what we're doing now. The church says we have this standard, we're maintaining the standard, and the rest of us do whatever we want. <laughs> That's I don't the solution. Think, I, no, I, I don't think the solution is for the church to say you have all these options because you don't, right? These are suboptimal choices. And if you make them, be an adult and make them. Don't don't make the choices with regret. Just do them. Just whatever choice you're going to make, just make the choice. And if somebody says you should regret this choice, don't. But I think if we because the problem is. All right. Yeah. So maybe saying the church has to come up with options like, OK, guys, yeah, for the Baptist, handies are OK, but blowies are not. For the right. Mormons, if you go in the back door, it's all right. Just don't go in the front. Like you Mormons know, and but, Catholics. May, Catholics are also by the back door. Yeah. Maybe we're not going to have the church say that, but yeah. at least the church can say, hey, look, we're at least going to be realistic and say yeah. that we, we know, we know not all of you are going to wait until you're married. So right. here are some ways to have healthy relationships with other people or. Well, I mean, there's you know, just there's 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 more than one study that do says, more than say you're bad and you're going to hell for that. Well, that's true. Now, there is more than one study that says I think it's a British one that says. 75% of young people, <laughs> unmarried young people are, are active. So we yeah. out here and, um, but you know, I think it's, there's a lot, there, there, you just asked the question, there's a whole bottle of wax, which is why it's a separate episode, but it, it does pertain here, I think in some regard, you know? So. Sure. Um, we maybe got a little off track of the Rob Heath Zacharias scandal. No, I don't think we about. did. I think that's right on track. I think asking if that is, I, no, I think it's a fair question. I, I think that it's a, I mean, I hate that this is such a complicated matter and I hate that this dude was so gross. And again, the part of it that was gross was like, let's sit down and pray about how you just yanked me off in Thailand because I'm paying for you to go to nursing school. Um, but I think it's a fair question to ask. And I think that it's a difficult we have to, we're, we're, we're threading a difficult needle and I, I don't think there is a good answer. I think there's only degrees of bad answers. Sure. So, but that, I mean, do you think we covered everything that was in the Ravi Zacharias scandal? I mean, so let's just, let's break it down. Yeah. And he's him and his brother-in-law were investors in several um, spas and, and massage parlors throughout Atlanta, which he used as a point of abuse where he would go there and yank himself right. in front of the, yeah. and ask for sexual favors. Try to get more. Uh -huh. He used his ministry to pay for young women to get education throughout the country, uh, throughout the world and would house them and would show up at their houses and ask for favors. Oopsie Daisy. Yeah. 
and um, had several phones that he did not build in the ministry and would um, fill them up with uh, hundreds of massage therapists. And yeah, was, yeah. was sued for a sexting yes. thing with the, this woman. Now, now I, that, can you just enlighten me? What is the crime there? I mean, it's a civil lawsuit because you, I mean, I don't know how Canada works, but mm-hmm. what's the crime here? Like, oh, I, I have no idea. I mean, yeah. I was listening to the uh, Miss Thompson's victim statement, yeah, and she included things in there like saying that she, not from Robbie, but since the time she was born and raised, she had medical, educational, physical, and environmental neglect. Things I I don't even what's environmental. I don't know. Neglect. It sounds like it could exist, but it would be extremely uh, uh, relative if it did. I mean, is she so First I, I, Nations I don't know. or something? Like, is that is she native? I, that so I don't like know a, what the I don't know what the, the crime was. I think um, you know she they had said things, and then her husband became suicidal. So there was emotional damage. Oh boy! And there was okay. So the what, the crime it, was it actually so actually what he what he paid out for? Yeah, he ended up paying that quarter million spiritual abuse oh so they they got him for spiritual abuse so that's i think is probably really hard to prove but you start by asking for five million and you just don't go away you'll get a paycheck at some point especially yeah. if you got the pictures and texts on your phone you know which is hey buddy don't do that <laughs> i mean i know that he's an older guy but you know they created this thing called snapchat for this very purpose right <laughs> like the messages disappear robbie and anyone else considering going down this path of destruction, you know, uh, yeah, don't leave any evidence. I guess that's so to wrap this all up in a bow and conclude this episode on Robbie Zacharias. Yeah. Um, don't get caught. Be better. <laughs> you know, uh, he didn't get caught until after he died. Maybe that's the lesson. That's the lesson. So John Christ has a podcast called Net Positive. So the net, and so he tries to take a subject and find the net positive in it. And I think in this podcast, in this specific episode, the net positive is wait till you die to get caught. You know? That, uh, that's about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, just to sow also so some de- some seeds of doubt at the very end, just to yeah, just to be fun. Of course, yeah. I did just to point out, you know, the whole thing was started by an investigation done by an atheist lawyer. Yeah. Not exactly a uh, uh, a nonpartisan here. Not he's yeah. uh, maybe a little biased. You know, uh, defended you know, his Arjun, wife, yeah. Robbie's wife, has stepped forward to defend him and say that these are completely baseless allegations. Right. Uh, and you know, this Miss Thompson lady in Canada, everyone's. Well, Robbie said, of course, she just wants to get money out of me. Uh, this is extortion. Correct. There's that NDA, so we, we'll, we won't really know which, what occurred. Uh, the which, estate, his estate's not obligated to pay out or do anything else. Right. And the, the NDA wasn't, they couldn't penetrate the NDA. Because um, Arzim said, uh, the NDA like has nothing to do with us. It actually has to do with his estate. And the estate is managed by Margie, which is mm-hmm. his widow. And Margie will not let the NDA go um, to let her talk openly about what took place. So, yeah, that's, um, you know, uh, fun fact on our way out here. Yeah. Uh, Arzim or the wife, I, I forget who, was represented by Trevadian, uh, which is the um, the grandchild, uh, a grandchild of Billy Graham. Yeah. So, um, you know, but there, there was an investigation. So, you know, his daughter there said was. that. It all, yeah. So, well, um, at the, coming to this to, to the end of this podcast, um, I just want to let you know one last thing, Brett, before we go here, you're What's canceled. You're, you're, oh. you're canceled. You are canceled. Uh, Danny, you, uh, unless you, uh, are able to seek counseling, professional counseling by okay. uh, a group of people or individual that is uh, has expertise in the area of spiritual abuse correct uh unless you're able to do that and you write a written apology to our audience okay and everyone you've ever hurt you will yep. also be canceled well that's fine i'm fine with that i agree okay, to those you're terms. canceled yep okay sounds good i i'm, I'm never going to apologize <laughs> i'll see you next time on church is canceled yes you will